It's a little, it's a little chilly in here. It is, dude. It feels good outside. This morning I got out and I was like, mm-hmm. I, I put my, I put my, my Halloween books next to my bedside tables before I go to sleep. Uh-oh. I'll eat a little spooky, Uh-oh. little spooky something. You know, it's, it's just getting close to that, getting close to that hoodie weather. It's getting, yeah, it's, it's getting close. close to that time. <laughs> I told Vic we ain't turning the AC off in the house for fuck. Need it cold. You can always put more on, huh? Yeah, that's what I tell her. Can only take so much off. That's right. That's right. Well, fellas, it's going to be an action-packed one today. I'll just say it. I agree. Z had the uh, Z had the gambling go this weekend. Horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible. I've horrible. gone from you throw week zero and one together. I've gone from horrific to now not good. And now looking to go good. Mm. Yeah, Fresno State hurt late. That would hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it didn't hurt as bad as the BYU Baylor over. What was it at? Yeah, it was 53 and a half, and it finished at 46. Yeah, 26, 20 little OT action. Yeah, I, I placed the bet prior to the knowledge of BYU's top two wide receivers being out. Yeah, I did as well. And I was on BYU and I was almost wow. like like Dan I almost covered myself and bet the other way. Like no, um, I mean BYU's still they're a good team, dude. That quarterback's not bad. The defense is very fast, especially for being predominantly white kids, which you don't see much at I all. I agree. No, that's a that's a common fact. There's nothing there. Don't cut no, that, no that was funny though. And that just caught me off guard. <laughs> and then Sunday, I got absolutely killed. Absolutely killed. Yeah, wasn't a NFL was not a. Uh, I went heavy on Dallas plus three. They couldn't even score a damn touchdown. I was on the Cowboys as well. Um, Dak's out here high five and helmets, hurting himself. I mean, it was just brutal. And I had the Cardinals, and of course, Mahomes throws five tutties. Just like unbelievable. I'm not. I'm not sure what made me think that a new year would be different as far as my luck in the NFL. I just have bad beats, honest to God. Like, and I hate making excuses. Like college football, I've just been wrong, honestly. Not not a lot of bad beats. NFL last night, the Broncos. I mean, should have won the game by 13 plus. Yeah, I was on Seattle. Great, great. Great for you, honestly. Not just just a handshake there from me. A uh, congrats, but uh, I mean, I couldn't even be mad at myself. I was like, I just lost a bet where I, I mean, they should have won with ease. With no, because yeah, because honestly, that's a game. It's like don't overthink it. It's Russell Wilson yeah. versus Gino, like Gino, like I mean, but you know that Gino, I, Gino honestly looked good. No, yeah, he didn't look bad. He started unreal. What did he start, 16 for 17 or something, something like that? Yeah, and he had that little jump pass on that first drive for a touchdown. But, I mean, like, you can't fumble twice at the goal line. Can't. Denver. Can't. That, Denver was 0 for 4 in the red zone with touchdowns. Yeah. 
I mean, but, if, if they don't fumble there, it's a whole different, yeah, whole different story. Completely different. Which Seattle tried to give one back when they fumbled again, but still, either way, you're on the one yard line. I mean, oh, I need, yeah. I need something. But, but that's what blew my mind, dude. Why are you going shotgun every time at the at the one or two yard line? Yeah, like, just sneak it in. Especially the it's second. Just like, yeah, it's just they're overthinking football. Is what they're doing. The second time I was, the second time I literally I chuckled out loud, and I was like, "All no, right, I, I, I did too." It's just like it was funny at that point. Yeah, and then I, coach I'm, comes out today, and he's like, "Yep, it was a terrible decision to kick the field goal on fourth and five. Like, no shit, dude. You don't pay Russell Wilson that much money to kick a field goal. Yeah, that's my 64 thing. Sixty-four yards. Is they're paying him this money, and they're gonna say, "Hey, you know what?" We're not going to pay him this money to go out and win us games late, what he's known for. We're going to pay him this money to get us a 65-yard look at a game winner. Yep. No sense. But as we always do it, we're going to start college first. All right, we just happened to drill the BYU game right there. All right, BYU proven. they. Uh, I love them. I've, I liked them from the get-go, and they're just proving the point. Get a big mm-hmm. win against Baylor in overtime. Track back a little bit. Friday night, I was tweeting G. I was texting Z. I'm back. Louisville's back. I'm back. Louisville, 2014. <laughs> had UCF off the get-go. I'm watching the game in the living room by myself. Yeah. Third quarter, third quarter, I get a little feeling. I'm like, UCF is dead. I mean, six drives in a row, I think, were punts or one maybe in a turnover. But just horrible little – the way it was going, I take Louisville live uh, – can it count on the card? Who I mean, who knows at this point what the record is or any of that. But just know I felt a little something. Louisville's back. All right, and we're going to talk about their game this coming up week once we jump over to week three. But rolling into Saturday, uh, some quick ones. Or we can talk about it from a second. But Arkansas, 14-point win on the road, 44-30 over South Carolina. Uh, Rattler just kind of – I think he's I think he's fully on board thinking maybe I should have uh, – Stayed out of this SEC bullshit. I think Rattler's just not as good as I hoped he would be. Yeah. And Arkansas, honestly, Arkansas's proven every point where you really can't say much about them if you're doubting them still. But it's like, I mean, I don't doubt them. Like, they're SEC. They have SEC talent from top to bottom. But at the same time, South Carolina still gets SEC recruits. Rattler's as he's an SEC recruit coming out of high school, but it's like he still looks like a little flustered. I agree. He just can't. I don't know if the game's sped up or the physicality or what, but I agree. He did look flustered bad Saturday. And he just misses throws that someone with that kind of arm talent should not miss. Arkansas well on their way to uh, they got A&M, I think, week four. And we'll jump to them. Don't doubt it at all. We're going to drill them. But Arkansas looking like a good chance in State's week five. They have a cupcake this week. So, two really good wins for Arkansas to go on the road, South Carolina, and then obviously week one, Cincy. Going to try and do a little better, not spending a crazy amount of time on one game. This next one, if anyone – unless, G, you got anything on Arkansas and the Gamecocks? I don't don't, (laughs) – You know, you know, I don't like those pigs over there. All right, I don't, I like, don't them like them. And they, and they are stuff. playing. They're they're playing well. All right, 
They beat Cincy. They beat South Carolina. Those are two good wins, especially to start off. Like we said, I mean, look at Ole Miss, who we're starting out against. You know, two pretty easy wins. And I'm just ready to see a defense like Alabama or a physical defense like State force K.J. Jefferson to throw the ball and make decisions because that's what he's going to have to do to win SEC football games. Um, Well, not Vandy or South Carolina SEC football games. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see, and that's really all I got on them. I mean – The next one, biggest one, we're going to have a lot to talk about here probably. And honestly, not sure why I didn't start with it. Bama survives Texas. Okay, we don't even have to say too much about the score, and everyone knows a one-point survive. Uh, Texas shanks a field goal heading in the second half. They uh, give Bama enough time for Bryce Young to go down there and get him in shape to kick the game winner, basically, Bama. Uh, Bama never should have – I mean, never was in a spot where he thought they were going to win the game, honestly, until the last few seconds ticked off the clock, in my opinion. Uh, I think everybody would agree with that. Ewers goes down. He was having an unreal first quarter. He was making plays. The vibes in Texas were Texas is back. What we've heard for years now, it seems like. And, honestly, Texas does sneak in the top 25, uh, 21 after a loss. And it's almost like – like, it sucks just moral victories, you know. I know fan bases, me as a fan, like, I try not – if we lose to Bama, like, at the end of the day, it's another L. But you play them that close this early in the season, a non-conference in Texas's sake, you got to kind of like what you're, what you're feeling with Texas. I still haven't seen anything on yours. Uh, but, I mean, if you're Texas, you got to feel good about yourself. Are you frozen or is um, – no, 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 Okay, okay. All right. I was about to say something. I, it just got quiet, like, for a second. So, I was like, I thought Z was definitely going to hop in. No, you're good. I'll, I'll hop in. Um, yeah, I thought – and I know a bunch of people are going to say this. Oh, what if Quinn Ewers didn't go down? I think that game's a lot different if he doesn't. But, you know, that always seems to happen. Even pa- me and Pace and Bubba were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. Like, even when A&M did beat them and had the good game against them last year, their starting quarterback went down. Like, it always seems when Alabama's in trouble, that starting quarterback, at least in the last two years, falls down and the backup just couldn't get it going. Um, I think Texas the is backup, The backup, uh, he got hurt too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did hurt. early he on. To finish. Yeah. 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 Um, he, could, he couldn't even it – was, it was, he had to throw everything because he couldn't run at all because of his ankle. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean – Texas's defense looked really good early on, and dare I say, Alabama's offense looked a little flustered, and I've never really seen that. Um, but they couldn't well, do anything. They couldn't, yeah, they yeah. just could. They couldn't get anything going. It's like they were out of rhythm, out of sync. Saban was pissed on the sideline. The penalties um, is what blew my mind. Yeah, and I know it was fifteen five, whatever. I think Alabama committed probably more than fifteen. Like. It was just a sloppy game and uncharacteristic from them. But like I also told told Kohe after watching that game during the fourth quarter, I was like, "This is gonna change." Like that was their one to lose. After this last week, it's gonna be uh, another another savings gonna get in their butt all week, and they're gonna be a, a disciplined team from here on out. At least that's my assumption, because that's usually what happens. They get that one game where Saban's throwing his headset and firing on all cylinders on everybody, which he does at every game, regardless if they're up by 50 or five. But I think it's just he's going to have them right 
for the rest of the season. And the only way that you're going to be able to beat them is to go in and, and beat one of the best teams in the nation. And Bryce Young does well at the end, but man, he was overthrowing a lot, miss shooting um, mm -hmm. there in the second and third. But all in all, what can you really complain about as a Bama fan? You get out of there with a win and you know that Saban's not going to let something like that happen again. So we'll see where they go from here. But I was really impressed with with how Texas's defense looked and their offense as well, especially when Q, Quinn Ewers was in. So I told Cohe again, yeah, Arch Manning might good. be in trouble. It's a good yeah, that's a good take. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, Texas is back. The defense looks very good. Um, especially in this Bama game, I think Gary Patterson, the former TCU head coach, who's a special assistant with uh, Sark over there at Texas, I think he had a lot to do with the game plan, especially defensive-wise, getting a lot of pressure on Bryce. At the end of the day, Bama's more talented, and Bama's got Bryce Young, who's the best college quarterback in the country. Yeah. So that I mean, without that one, without that play on second or third down late, when it looks like it's a guaranteed sack, and he just ducks under it and yeah. escapes for. I mean, without that, they don't win the game. Yeah. So I definitely they, agree. So is it you know fair that they drop to two and Georgia goes to one after just playing Samford? I mean, yeah. It, it's week two. It's week three. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so it's still going to come down to, I think, Bama and Georgia at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And if you're SEC and even if you're Texas, you get every chance playing those conference schedules. You get every chance to make up your ground. Uh, my last thing on Bama is kind of like y'all were saying, as far as the offense, I mean, you have to talk about it. Don't get me wrong. They can turn it around and run the West, run the SEC. I mean, run their whole schedule. They can still got a perfect season if I mean they win the they won the football game. But seeing that offense sputter like that at Fayetteville at Neyland, if you're those two fan bases, you don't hate to think about it, right? You don't hate to think yeah. about it. So Bama's going to get another chance to prove to us uh, not this week, but they go to Arkansas, I believe, week five. It is week no week four, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Hard to hit back on that though. Ever since ever since Bryce has taken over and Bill O'Brien got brought in after Sark left, they've struggled in true road games. I agree. Yes, it, and, and that's Auburn, known. Auburn took them down to the wire last year, and Auburn should have won. Oh, even um, LSU, even LSU took them down LSU, to the wire. LSU last year. took them down to the wire. They and lose A and M, and and they lose A and M at A and M. Yeah, if no, you're gonna if you're gonna go in, to... yeah. If you're going to go into Tuscaloosa, that's a whole different story. Agreed. But if you can, if you can catch them on the road, I mean, especially with, I feel like their wide receiver room is a little weaker. They don't have those guys who can just take the top off on you. You've got a little better chance than you have had in the past. Yeah, I agree. If you, I mean, this year, if you're a high enough team in the West or Tennessee's case in the East. I mean, Tennessee and Arkansas, both top 15. Arkansas sneaking in at number 10 now, and Tennessee number 15. Like I said, you you like to kind of think about it. I mean, you know it's your biggest game every year just about. I mean, Tennessee's got Georgia as well. But 
you got to kind of like having them at your place, uh, yeah. especially after that. And then, like you said, after last year's close calls. But to roll to that team we're talking about over in the orange, Tennessee gets a quality win. All right, Slovis does go down for Pitt. Tennessee survives overtime. Uh, Hooker throws for over 300, two tutties. And, man, Cedric Tillman for Tennessee, nine catches, 160 yards, and the big-time touchdown in overtime. Uh, I still don't think, which obviously they played Ball State week one, Tennessee did. Uh, I still am not – don't get me wrong, great win at Pitt, uh, overtime, come through. I still think this Tennessee offense has some more flashy electric stuff to show us. And uh, I'm still kind of waiting on it. But great win to get to 2-0. and uh, what what do you guys got on Tennessee and Hooker? Don't get me wrong, 325 yards is solid. I just I still think this Tennessee team can be that team that averages 45, 50 a game. Yeah, Hooker looked good. Uh, like you said, Tillman looked good, and even Brew McCoy, the transfer from USC, he made a couple big catches, had a good touchdown catch in that game as well to to uh, help me with that minus six and a half Tennessee cover. What a cover. What a cover. Because I was sweating that one. I was crying. I told who I was watching with. I talked to him in the six and a half, too. I said, look, we've got we've to get the ball first. We've got gotcha. to. So, but, that was, I mean, that yeah. was just a picture-perfect cover. The only concern I have with Tennessee is I think you're right in that They've still got a little bit more to show us offensively, but I was not thrilled with how their defense looked against Pitt. I mean, Pitt, don't get me wrong, Pitt's a good team. And honestly, with, I mean, they, and they got so much pressure on Slovis early before he went out. They, it was just like Slovis would get the ball out half a second before he got hit, and they hit him. So yeah, he was taking a beating. That's a good. I mean, he was – yeah, he was taking a beating. And I'm not shocked he got out of that game because he was getting lit up. So, their defense can get there, and they blitz a lot. But if they could just – they really trust their man-to-man coverage on the outside with their DBs. And, I mean, if you go up against a, a Bama team and you're just going to blitz Bryce and just play one-on-one, I mean, you're just – I mean, it's it's 50-50 with, if, if Bama's receivers can – go to work or not yeah and that's it you know so but i was in i was impressed with you know especially tillman i think he really showed out so gf you got anything on the big orange no i'm I'm like you i still think that that their offense can be really big um their defense like z says got to step it up i mean there's not too much that i can hit that y'all didn't when it, when whoever goes last is always stuck in this in this little trifecta because the first two always get everything. All right, another SEC team, no longer undefeated. We told them it was fun while it lasted. Should have been my lock of the week. Uh, I don't even have Miami on here touch base, but Miami comes up just short of covering. Kill oh, me. That hurt. I mean, that was a painful one. They they just left left some points on the board. Anyways, uh, Wake Forest with Sam Hartman. 45, Vandy, 20. Uh, Vandy kind of made it interesting a little bit uh, as far as the spread went. I think it closed at 13 maybe. But uh, yeah. Sam, Sam Hartman, you know, eventually Hartman figured it out, threw for 300 yards, four tutties. Wake Forest got to feel great about getting that guy back. Uh, just a good – I mean, a good – what Wake needed, honestly. They needed, they needed Hartman to come out and get him some touchdowns under his belt and get rolling. 
I don't know if y'all got anything to touch on that one. I just wanted to kind of throw in there that Hartman was back. No, I mean, there's not much to talk about. Like, Hartman's back. They're a whole different ball club. But um, there were so many people, like, in the mainstream media who were riding Vandy as their dog of the week. And, uh, I mean, they're a team whose season total was over two and a half wins. So, yeah, and they're two and one. Yeah, they're two and one. So, I mean, that was really the game – you know, they kind of needed to get – I think Mike Wright, is a, he's a lot better than people gave him credit for. But, I mean, Sam Hartman's more talented. And would, it's crazy to say that Wake Forest has more talent than an SEC team. But, I mean, it's just a fact. So. Yeah, and, dude, Sam Hartman and Wake beating them 45-20. You tell me to look at that score maybe a year ago. You tell me they're playing Wake with Sam Hartman. I think that's way closer than most would expect. Like most people that keep up with Vandy football or like that are SEC fans and know about Vandy. I feel like this is a much closer for Vandy to score 20. I feel like is a plus for Vandy. Mm-hmm. Especially Vandy with them being at home. Yeah. And a little look ahead. Vandy got Northern Illinois this week. And yeah. On the road. Vandy's got a chance to hit that win total in four games. A chance, a two-and-a-half-point dog on the road. I mean, not out of the question, but like you said, Northern Iowa or Northern Illinois always kind of just a little sneaky against teams that are capable yep. of and I know, yep, I know I'm the only Georgia Tech fan on this podcast and probably the only Georgia Tech fan who listens to this podcast. <laughs> but um, last year, Georgia Tech was 20-point favorites over Illinois and lost outright. Mm. So – don't love, don't love that. Well, don't back the yellow jackets. <laughs> End of the day, don't back the jackets. Next one up, and we're about to get to have some fun with this one. Marshall twenty six, Notre Dame twenty one, and Notre Dame is suddenly zero and two, and out of the top twenty five after we just gave them the most credit in the world for only losing by eleven opening weekend at Ohio State, fellas. I'm going to let y'all go first with this one and eat it up. Well, go that, ahead, Joe. I was just going to say, like, last week I sat on this freaking podcast and talked into the microphone about how impressed I was with Notre Dame and how I thought that, you know, like, what does this mean about Ohio State with Notre Dame losing to freaking Marshall? Like, this isn't the Matthew McConaughey, we are Marshall Marshall. This is freaking 2022 who are they, Marshall? And they just go and beat Notre Dame, and they beat them at home. And it's just, I don't, yeah, I, I feel, I'm, I mean, I'm tongue tied. This is what college football is about. You, you think one thing one week, and then the next week you have to shut up um, because you're wrong, and I'm wrong. And like I said to Z, to Z and Cohe today, when I didn't know the freaking intentional grounding rule in Texas, Alabama, I'll say I don't freaking know because I don't. I'm just a fan, and I was a kicker when I played, so don't expect me to read the rule book. But, no, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame just absolutely crapped the bed. I don't even know what to say. I'm just flabbergasted. Yeah, I mean, that's something I didn't expect, especially I think they closed as like a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. Yep. Which they should have been yeah. at home against Marshall. I mean, yeah. it's not like Vegas <laughs> was wrong. <clears throat> and they should have been, they, you know, but 
You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a new regime over there at Notre Dame. Um, it came out, I think it was yesterday that they're going to go with the new quarterback. And for some reason, the starter, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's no longer listed on the depth chart. So that may be a little transfer portal action little, going on there. Little bootay, little bootay action. Yeah, bootays. Don't even get me started. On <laughs> I do want to say. Trust so me, that- I'm a huge, I'm a huge advocate for the transfer portal. I played college baseball. I transferred three times. If Marcus- you're an S- if you're a, if you're a preseason SEC All American wide receiver, and you're going to transfer because you dropped three passes. That's on you, brother. Yeah, we like it's a, we not like a, a fired up Z. Come on, it's baby. not on the it's not on the scheme. The, the scheme was to throw the ball for LSU in Week One against whatever. I mean, like, and you didn't catch the ball. Not so, only was it to throw the football, it was to throw the football to you to Boutte. That was exactly. the that was the game plan. I mean, exactly. And now Notre Dame's quarterback is going to transfer because he's not good enough to win against Marshall. So what? I mean, we're, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what? What? I for some. I mean, I, I don't have my computer in front of me, obviously, because I'm driving. But what's the Notre Dame's head coach's name again? Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman is the first coach in Notre Dame history to lose his first three games. Yeah, that's what mm. I was about to touch base. Was it Oklahoma State in that bowl game? Yeah, he lost the bowl game after and he then took lost to Ohio Brian State, Kelly. and lost then loses State to Marshall. Loses to Marshall at home. Yeah. All right, so hear me out. Hot, hot little take here. So when when LSU cans Brian Kelly after Mississippi State rolls in there and mm. throws, for, throws for 500 on him, he might just pack up and have a little flashback and head back to the Irish, and Marcus Freeman might be sitting on the curb clapping when he rolls into town. So are you saying Marcus Freeman's on the hot seat already, huh? I'm saying if you're Notre Dame, if you come in Notre Dame coach, you can lose to Oklahoma State in the bowl game. All right, you can lose to the number two team in the country who's expected to have a crazy offense because first game you only give up 21. People are thinking, hey, this guy, you know, we we got a chance. You can't fucking lose to Marshall. All right, no matter how it adds up, no matter what Marshall does in the Sun Belt this year, no matter what Notre Dame does, no matter what Ohio State ends up to be, you can't lose to Marshall home opener at Notre Dame. You can't do it. There's no way he can. And you spend can't this. come in as the preseason number five, and now you're unranked in week three. Exactly. You play two games and you're unranked. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's. It just can't happen. Uh, hey, but watch out now. Sun Belt may be the second best conference in college football. And that hey, that's a beautiful segue right there. Come on, hit it. App State seventeen, Texas A and M Aggies fourteen. Dude, they oh deserve my gosh. it. I mean, the most. Uh, I love in a in a year so far where we've been two weeks, two and a half, whatever week zero, for so much chaos to have already happened. It feels good to be right about one thing, and that's the most overrated eight and four six ranked Texas yeah. A&M losing to App State. Yeah, right, I don't At care home. about the recruiting class. I don't care about Jimbo. I I mean they weren't proven number six. Should they have been top twenty? Probably so. All right, they're national. Brand, they're you know they're good enough to slide them in there early just because they couldn't be number six. And if you're App State, now you get game day this week against Troy. Good for App State. Winner of the week's got to be App State. Uh, no, okay. 
So that's a good segue just for me to open up to our, our listeners that do follow us on Twitter. We're going to be doing a player or winner of the week, and whoever that winner may be will be our cover photo on Twitter for the week. So this week we got App State upsetting Texas A&M. But I also want to say – You talked about last week, last week cover photo falling apart. Oh, Anthony Richardson was yeah, up there Yeah, Anthony Richardson was rough. <laughs> but, uh, but, hey, that's why we go week by bad week. Bad luck for App State. That's true. We might start a we might start a little bad luck thing, huh? Could be the dude the dude's cover photo curse. Yeah, but I'll cover cover Madden. I was just Madden curse. Say, the Madden curse. I think App State, like I was ready to text Kohe if Texas AM did pull it out and ask him the question, is App State the best 0 2 team in the nation right now? And right now I'm asking, are they the best one and one team in the nation? Because I mean, yeah, they're they're some belt. Yeah, they they played North Carolina, but I mean, those are two Power Five teams, and App State's App State is a team that loves to get paid to go beat Power Five teams. Like they've done it time year in and year out throughout history. Like you're scared if you have App State your first game if you don't know what you have coming in because I mean the the most famous one is their upset of Michigan in the Big House when Michigan was ranked number one. Like. You just never know when they're coming into your town because they want to upset you. Like, they're not a team that's just going there to get reps and like, hey, guys, we know they're better than us. Let's just get out of there and, and take our money. App State wants to show up and beat you, and I think they're the best team in the Sun Belt too. So I think it's going to be fun to watch them for the rest of the year. Hey, going to start this little segment off. Judge just hit 56th and 57th bomb tonight. Tell you one thing, I don't care if it ain't Albert Pujols bomb. Hey, I respect that. I respect that. I'm going to get right back Hey, right back to it. Let's go. Texas Tech, 33, overranked Houston in overtime, 30. Uh, had a couple OT bangers this past weekend. Houston chalking up one of the other – how many was it? Seven top 25s that lost. Uh just a tough one for Houston. Houston, out of the top 25, another one bites the dust. This one, and gee, this may be our loser for the cover photo of mm-hmm. last week. Anthony mm-hmm. Richardson, the loser. Don't get me wrong, App State getting all the hype in the world, game day coming to them. That's incredible. Great win over on the road. Mark Stoops and Will Levis, go, I mean, they're, they're down. They're have every right to roll over and die in the swamp. And they just didn't give up, and they beat Florida by 10 on the road and punch back and fight back, and and an incredible win, honestly. And who knows if we overhyped Florida after beating a Utah team in week one. You know, that's part of it. Like we've talked about, it's kind of hard to do football math in week two. Yeah. Uh, some, some shit adds up. Some of it doesn't. But Kentucky just – an incredible win, honestly, and puts himself at number ninth in the AP poll this week. And I think Mark Stoops and that Kentucky Blue have a chance to be winner of the week. Mm. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I know uh, one Kentucky fan, his name is Ben Smith, and I'll never put Kentucky as our winner of the week as long as that wow. fellow is a Kentucky fan. Shout out <laughs> Ben Smith. Z knows what I'm talking about. Nah. They they did play well. I think that they relied heavily on that run game late, and it it did well for them. Um, But, yeah, going into an environment like the Swamp, especially 
especially after they beat the number seven team in the nation last week is really big. But it's not like we were expecting Florida to go to the playoff. It's not like we were expecting them to be top ten. We just expect them to be overturned, like we, to turn it around. I think Napier is still going to do that. Um, so, okay. huh? real quick, real quick, cut you off and read it. Richardson's line was just. But I mean, just pitiful. Yeah, and two big picks that were one of them that D line. I mean, he made a hell of a play, but the other one just throws it right to him. But Richardson, fourteen for thirty-five, hundred and forty-three yards, no tutties, two picks, six carries, four yards. So we know he's a dual guy, and we praised it last week, and just just really couldn't get it done for his team. Honestly, what right. I mean, just didn't perform. We've now he, seen the high and low of Anthony yeah, Richardson. Two week, two games, seen the high. Next week, see the low. I agree. Way to call it. Z, uh, I know you got something on this one. I mean, I was on Kentucky, so I'm happy about that. But, um, yeah, to hit that Anthony Richardson, I mean, I think he just got a little overwhelmed. I think it just started moving a little too fast for him. I think the pressure was there. I think the fact that maybe – there were 21 NFL scouts there, kind of got that in the back of his head. He kind of tried to press a little bit to make plays, and that hurt him early. But I do think in the next few years, Florida's going to be good. I mean, their recruiting class for 23 and 24 is already looking very solid, and Napier knows how to recruit. I think he's a good coach, so I think Florida's in good hands, but they're just not there yet. Next one, I got a hit. I think they're going to make some noise. We're going back out west, long way from Florida. Washington State rolls into Wisconsin and gets a big-time W, 17-14. Washington State and, honestly, this Pac-12, I like uh, Oregon State's another one I think will make some noise. Pac-12 shaping up to have a little depth. All right, nothing – I'm not saying the whole conference, but a lot more than what we're used to. Uh, obviously, Oregon gets embarrassed week one. They come back and stay in the top 25 at 25th. Uh, like I said, Washington State, I think they can make some noise. Oregon State, not a bad football team. And then, obviously, you got your USC out there in Utah. Uh, USC, another one, going to touch their game at Stanford, which was a good W. Uh, kind of let them back in, almost a late cover. I know I'm bouncing all over the place right now, but the main talk is the Pac-12. And USC, I think, has a real chance to – enter their name finally in the playoff. And I know I just – like I said, I bounced around pretty quick right there at Washington State and some of those lower-level teams. But I want to hit USC real quick before we move and preview week three. I think USC's really got a chance to to slide in that spot. Just – if you run your conference and you're a power five, if you run it, that, I mean, you're in. You, you, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. ACC or Pac-12, coast to coast, you run the power five conference. They're putting you in it, and I think USC is showing something really special. Yeah, I thought we were going to talk about Washington State and Wisconsin, but we're just bouncing wall to wall in this podcast, hey, and that's what we I got. A, I got a little. I got a little excited when I talked Pac-12 because I really think USC can run the table. No, I mean I, I I agree. This is not the same USC as it has been the past couple of years. You got the head coach and you got the quarterback, and. In, College football and NFL, that's all you need. You need a head coach and you need the quarterback. And that's what USC's got. They've got a lot of other talent. They're going to drive talent for the next 
however many years Lincoln Riley's there because he's Lincoln Riley and you're in Southern California. And if they can run the Pac-12, I mean, they're going to have a shot. Usually it's been the Pac-12, either one team couldn't run the conference or they haven't looked good enough, and that's how you sneak two SEC teams in there. But if USC can hold their own and win the conference and really show out, then they're going to be in there. And I don't think – I don't have a problem with that personally at all. Yeah, and honestly – we haven't dove into anyone just as far as playoff run goes, but I'm looking at it now. Obviously, they're 2-0 over Rice and Stanford uh, on the road at Stanford. Still nothing to write home about. They got Fresno State this week at home. Go to Oregon State, Arizona State, and Washington State at home. Go to Utah at Arizona, Cal and Colorado at home. Then they got at UCLA and Notre Dame to wrap up. And Notre Dame, obviously, when I'm looking at, you know, I'll taking a peek at Pac-12 and ACC uh, schedules and shit this summer, trying to think, you know, who's my – who do I think playoff contention? Who could run the ACC? Who could run the Pac-12? And I thought maybe, you know, that's going to be a big-time major stamp opportunity USC has. But now we're sitting here looking at Notre Dame 0-2 with a loss to Marshall. Uh, but still not as strong as a schedule as you may have thought at first. But you go 12-0 and 0 and then you win the conference championship, 13-0, and 0, obviously USC's in. Yeah. I mean, they're already up to, I think, seven this week in the AP. So, they got a really, cha- a really good chance, in my opinion. Like you said, if you can figure out that QB and the head coach deal, it's usually a really, really good recipe in college football. Mm-hmm. Gee, you got anything on the old uh, Trojans out west? You guys hit them. You guys hit them. You got anything on your uh, – on your Rebels in Central Arkansas this past weekend, I always like to give that opportunity to you. I, I really do appreciate that. Um, I think Altmaier looked really well early on. Then he got hurt uh, or at least tweaked something they said. But apparently Lane said he's practicing and he's feeling good. But because of that, he got hurt through the pick after he got hurt. And um, they threw Jackson Dart back in there. Didn't let him get any, any more injured. But I – I hear a rumor that Kiffin didn't pull him because of his injury. He pulled him because of the pick. And if that is true, then uh, we're seeing some favoritism in that QB job because Dart threw two against Troy um, the week prior and then stayed in after he threw the second one to have a better drive or after he threw the first one to have a better drive and then threw the second one. And then Altmaier gets pulled after one and throws two TD passes and runs one in. Like, I just think he looked really good. But Dart looked good after when he came in, too. So, I mean, all I'm, in all, I just want I'm the team to you, win. I'm, huh? I'm glad you said, I'm glad you said that because I want to know your, your perspective or your opinion as an Ole Miss fan. Who do you think QB1 is? I think or that, who it should be. I think they're going to give the nod to Dart, I think. Um, he came in as a highly touted player. He started for USC last year. Um, they brought him in and trans like in the transfer portal because they wanted him to play. Um, and I think that a lot of people's narrative was kind of that we need Dart to start because he has the connection with Trigg, the tight end that transferred with him from USC. But both of Luke Altmaier's touchdowns were thrown to Trigg. So obviously the chemistry question isn't, uh, as serious as people thought. I think Trigg's a player. He doesn't care who's behind center. Um, 
Dart may be more athletic. I've seen Altmaier run. I saw him run in the Sugar Bowl. I didn't think he looked bad, and he was playing against a, one of the best defenses in the nation last year in Baylor. So yeah. I don't think it's over completely. I think if Jackson Dart – I think he'll probably get the nod this week, and if he does mess up, I think Luke's going to get his chance as well. I just think they're both so young, you don't see that veteran presence out of either of them. And they've both shown really high ceilings. So I think it's just going to be um, – I think Kiffin's going to give Darth a nod. But I like Luke a lot. And the fact that he's from Mississippi just makes me want to root for him more. I mean, you you always want that guy from, from your home, home place to, to flourish. So I think it'll be fun either way. I think that offense is going to be fun to watch. What is it, Georgia Tech this week? Georgia Tech, we're taking on Z's Jackets in Atlanta. Yes, sir. You going to be there, Z? Y'all got a little show? I will not. I will be at my best friend's wedding. That's right. You told me that. You told me that. That's on me. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got to go to the late-nighter. I got to hit it. All right. I haven't. I haven't I haven't had very many spills on this pod in a while. Okay? He's he's been late all week. I've been for saving this. it. Okay, I, I spared Memphis's life. Okay, week one. You know, I just knew I knew Will was gonna roll for four fifty and he did five tutties this week. He adds three hundred more and four more tutties. Okay. Look here. I get the AP polls nothing. Okay, I get the number besides you just something. It is fucking absurd. That state's not ranked, mm. right, and mm. I don't even want to. I don't even want to bitch about it too much because I'm gonna, again. I don't care. All right, we got LSU on the road this week. Almost impossible for them not to do it. Put us in it whenever uh, Willie throws for three fifty, four hundred plus, adds another four tutties. But we go to Arizona. We take care of business in the desert. Uh, thought we weren't gonna cover for a minute. What an idiot yeah. I was. We go on to win by twenty two. Uh, Jaden Delore is a fucking bum. He proves that to us. Those wow. three picks. The dogs are running. All right. The dogs were up late. It didn't matter. I stayed up all night. I'm fired up. Dogs should be ranked. We're going to LSU. Easy he's, one. Bowling he's absolutely Green, wrong week four, four and oh. <laughs> okay. We got AM in Starkville, Arkansas in Starkville. Could be very dangerous state team middle of the season. That's all I got. He's riled up, guys. Yep. Kids fired up. So. I mean, I've been saving that one for a while. It's just, kids it, I mean, fired up. It's absurd. It's absurd that we're not ranked. It's A&M just been building up. Oregon at 25, like, I get it's the AP and it doesn't matter. You can't keep A&M and Oregon in over – I'm just targeting them two because they're the bottom two, 24 and 25. You cannot convince me right now that there's people out there that actually think A&M and Oregon deserve a higher – we return the most production in the SEC, a returning a well – everyone knows the history of Leach year two to year three. Does it always repeat itself? Maybe not. Will basically a vet in this scheme now. It's just I can't I can't believe it. But like I said, it's the AP poll. College football playoff committee is the only thing that matters. And I'm I'm done being fired up about it. Boom. Yeah, I got nothing else to add about that except um yeah, I agree the AP poll is nothing, but you did decide to to throw the college football committee in there late, and I think you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm way, I'm way ahead of myself. All right, it doesn't with, come out, doesn't come out to week nine. State having Mississippi State's name being in any of the college football committee's mouths, but hey, just, just hey, the first. You just never know. First, you never just, know. Only in the, only in the first college football playoff ever that came out. That's all. I'm uh, never yeah. know. History never doesn't. Know. Necess- 
history doesn't always repeat itself. I mean, it's I, a highly powered offense. High powered. Look, the dogs should be top 25. They should. I agree with that. We'll they leave should. it at that. And we'll roll into week three preview. Geez, uh, he hadn't been on my ass about it, but we kind of agreed. Got to – we're not shortening the pods, guys. We know y'all enjoy it. We enjoy going back and listening to it, but trying to shorten it up and hammer just a few key games. Maybe not just because I got a little wager on UConn and uh, UMass doesn't mean we should probably hit it before being right. Yeah. So, Friday night. All right, this one's ratty. We got Florida State at Louisville. This Louisville team just keeps popping up in my – I mean, it's just all over the place. They just keep asking you to fucking bet on them. Louisville, home underdog, plus two and a half against Florida State, who I think beat a not good LSU team. And I think Louisville beat a pretty good UCF team last week. I'm not going to lie to you. Home dog, take the points. Home dog, we're rolling with the points. It's automatic. Gee, we're back on Louisville. Say less, I'm there. We're back. We're back, Louisville. Another quick one, just – this one, we don't have to hit much. I'm just kind of – I'm not mind-blown, but I think Arkansas has proven to us they're good, okay, and the football math is at it again. Cincinnati minus 22 at Miami, Ohio. Cincinnati, I think, just hung 60 last week. Uh, I think since he's lost to Arkansas, he's going to just keep looking better and better as far as for them. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to look at week two and give me just half a second, half a second. Since he hangs 63 on Kennesaw State. It's Kennesaw State. 63 to 10. And now that they're facing Miami, Ohio. Don't get me wrong. I don't know uh, every team's in and outs, but Miami, Ohio, and Kennesaw State cannot be just a gigantic gap, in my opinion. All right, Paul. Can you, can you see what Cincinnati's week four game is? Uh, yeah, Cincy week four at – no, home versus Indiana. All right, I was just trying to see if it could be a look-ahead spot, but I wouldn't say Indiana's too much of a look-ahead spot. Yeah, Indiana and even the next week at Tulsa, so nothing really big. Yeah, big. nothing really, yeah. Um. I don't know. Stay tuned on that. I'm not sold on that one. This one I'm sold is as ratty as can be. Uh, Oklahoma minus 11 and a half at Nebraska. Love it. I mean, Nebraska is in shambles. Fired Scott Frost. Yeah, they fired Scott Frost. They're one and two. They should have left they Scott Frost in Ireland. Should have. And the crazy thing is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to explain a loss to Georgia Southern, but if they wait Two and a half, three weeks, they saved like $10 million. On one of the most unreal money situations and I I remember in, in sports, period. They just said, screw it. We'll eat the money. Get him out yeah. of here. We hate this guy. So, and it's not like you're – And he played there. Yeah, and you can't – like, can you do something with the season still? You have nine games left, sure. But, like, just wait and let him go one and two in the next three games or even oh and three or whatever. Like your season, you're you're not popping off this year. You're already one and two. And like you said, you lost to Georgia Southern. Just just save yourself millions of dollars. It's crazy. Crazy as hell. Nebraska's in shambles. Uh, Oklahoma won 33-3 this past weekend. I remember the score. I can't remember the opponent. Yeah, Mackenzie Milton looks really good. 
But there, I mean, I just, I don't, I, I don't understand that. It's there's a lot of lines this week that are ratty. Uh, next one, that one's one. Oklahoma minus eleven and a half at Nebraska, who, like you said, just fired the head coach. Next one's Penn State minus three at Auburn. At who just, Auburn, yeah. Who just struck? Well, don't get me wrong. Auburn, whoever wants to go to Jordan Hare, kind of like this Mississippi State of LSU game we talked about for a brief second. No matter the no matter the team you're facing, you don't love going to Jordan Hare. You don't love going to LSU. There's just they're they're those stadiums. Jordan but, Hare is one of the biggest home field advantages in college football. Agree, but it just puzzles me that who they just struggled with San Jose State. Is that right? San Jose State, yeah. And I mean, struggled like struggled to get a win. TJ Finley tripped Tank Bigsby twice on a run play. He just went to hand the ball off, tripped him. It's just like their offense is not like functionally fluid. Like it just doesn't look like clean, crisp football. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Is like I agree with you there. It just doesn't looks. It looks like they have to work for first outs. Yeah, it's a dysfunctional team right now, and. They like I said, they struggle. They won by eight, 24 point favorite against San Jose State and Penn State. Got the big time dub that opening Thursday night at Purdue that we saw. And then they yeah. face an Ohio team, nothing crazy, but win by 36. So, I mean, they're they, they win a big one on the road by what is that 35 31. So they win one by four. Don't get me wrong, at Auburn's a lot more threatening, but I think that Purdue team right now, you look at them much better functional team than Auburn. So yeah, but it's, it's also that strategy of do you just ride with the home dog? Yeah, I agree there too. It's it's really hard not to take a home dog, especially an SEC facing a non conference and the SEC being a home dog. You don't see that yeah. often. Uh-huh. So that's another ratty one. Like I said, this whole week is full of ratty ones. This one not so much. Uh, I've just been following these guys and wrote the article about them early. Uh, I like them a lot. Minnesota hosting Colorado. Big time favorite. Uh twenty-seven and a half point favorite. But if I can pull up Minnesota's uh schedule this far, I mean take you talk about taking care of business. Minnesota's been rolling. And uh I don't know, I just think the ground game and the experience in Minnesota, I might ride them until they don't cover, if we're being honest. It's not a bad idea. I mean, some of these teams you just Z, that's all he needed to hear right there. When she said it wasn't a bad idea, he just locked it. Hey, that's yeah, all I, I know. Once I get someone to back me a little bit, and we might talk about it a little more, but if somebody's oh. telling me hey, it, it sounds good, I mean, hell, I thought it sounded good too. I might as well roll with no, it. No, once, once, <laughs> yeah. once Cody gets that idea in his mind, he, and he, all he needs is just like, Man, yeah, that does sound good. And he's like, oh, hell yeah, that does sound good, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I already, already think it sounds good. So, Minnesota was a 36-point uh, favorite to open the season against New Mexico State. They beat them 38 nothing. Then they're a 41-point favorite last weekend against Western Illinois, and they went 62-10. to So, they're not afraid of these big spreads. Uh, an experienced team, and, hey, I forgot to mention, uh, my win totals not looking horrible. All right, I got Tennessee, Mississippi State, Minnesota, Texas, and Miami. Everybody's undefeated besides Texas, 1.0 to the number one team in the country at the time. Mm-hmm. Don't hate the win totals right now. 
Keep it moving. Oh, we talked about this one. Vandy plus two and a half at Northern Illinois. Z is is telling us don't sleep on Northern Illinois. Yeah, especially with a big number. Next one, our boys, Georgia State. Lose a heartbreaker last week also to North Carolina. Georgia State, sneaky good football team. Sneaky good. Charlotte Overs, if you remember, remember last week I mentioned them. Uh, they were facing Maryland. But I'm pretty sure we're – I'll have to check this FAU game. All right, so last two weeks. Last week we talked about it, and it was high. It was at 65, final 56-21. Maryland routes them, uh, 77 points. This Charlotte defense is bad, and they still just somehow score points. Uh, the week before that, William and Mary, they lose to them 41-24, smashing the total at 52. Uh, I think Georgia State comes out and – I mean, they're 0-2. They face South Carolina, lost 35-14, I believe. Face North Carolina, they lose 35-28. Two tough ones, another Sun Belt trying to pick off Power 5. Obviously, if you're Georgia State, you wish you could get one of them be sitting at 1-1, especially against those two teams. But I think this is your spot where you say, okay, let's come out and really score 60 points, 70 points, as high as they can go just to let people know, hey, those two close games weren't just because we played up and a fluke. Like, no, we're really here to stay. They're going to beat the shit out of Charlotte, I think. Uh, I like that over 61. Yeah. I don't have anything to say against that. I think Charlotte's surprisingly a little worse than, I guess, I guess you can say what I thought, but also what, like, the big media made them seem like they were going to be. Yeah. Especially I mean, defensively. That's what I'm saying. Defensively, let's keep looking at these numbers. They're 0-3. They played week zero. But they played FAU. They give up 43. They play William & Mary, give up 41. Play Maryland, give up 56. Yeah, I mean, Maryland's got a high-powered offense, though. Yeah, that's I agree. Terrible. Which I mean, the highest score. But William & Mary to give up 41 is, I mean, absurd. Yeah, that's embarrassing, honestly. After that, we got Pitt. Minus 10 at Western Michigan. Another just ratty. It's just ratty. I mean, Western Michigan, uh, uh, well-known to control the possession of the football every game they play in. Pitt, I mean, you have to, I mean, you have to come out and get a good win. Like, you got to come out and look good after dropping that one. Tennessee overtime is – I mean, that sucks a lot out of you, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Struggling to find – oh, next one. This one, Z, I can't wait to hear this one, especially after the game they played last week. Iowa State beats Iowa in just a sickening – the football game you expected. They go under 39 somehow. Somehow. Nevada, who I believe – I can I have to fact check myself. I think 2-0 and against the spread comfortably. Uh, Nevada plus 23 at Iowa. A team that – you, I mean, 23, that means they got to score 23. I'm all over that. I mean, I love – I mean, that could be – Iowa know. can't score. They can't score. I know. That, uh, that's what I'm saying. Plus 23, you're telling me Nevada yeah. doesn't even have to score. And Iowa, you think there's somehow no Iowa's, way Iowa scores 24 points. There's just not. Like, they can't score. Gee, I this may is, hammer it. Gee, this is the one you're talking about where someone agrees with me already. I loved it so much. <laughs> now it's – I mean, now it's a wrap. I mean, I may hammer that one. I'm trying to – so, New Mexico State opening weekend, Nevada seven-point favorite they cover. Next weekend, Nevada's catching plus two versus Texas State. 
Nevada beats them by 24. I'm all over them. I mean, I am all over them. He loves it. I love it. It's, I either, mean, it's either I'm taking the cheese or I'm just smarter than everybody else. Yeah, but it's almost one of those that it's so in the crumbs, like Nevada, Iowa, your everyday gambler or Saturday football gambler is not looking at that and saying, oh, I've no. got it. So, yeah. But the I, thing I, is I with that one, it, it could be 21 nothing, and we still cover. Yeah, the total – so to get this, the total's at 39 yeah. and a half. Yeah, I mean, ugh, I'm all over it. Let Nevada give me 10 points, and I, if there's no reason I shouldn't cover. Yeah, so let me, I don't even care. Call me the, I, this is one of those that I've talked about. I, I forget which game it was last week. I told you the same thing. But like, I can just live with being wrong here if, they, if it mm-hmm. happens. Like, I'll, I I'll do that every day. I can't live with myself when I look at the score and it's, 10 to 3 in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. I'm going to feel like an idiot. Yep. So, that one, I, I'm going to go ahead and start, actually. We're doing a lock of the week on Tuesday, and I don't give a shit. I don't either. I only got two more. This one I really don't know to play because I can see I can see it going the other way. This is a ratty begging you to take it. Miami plus five and a half at A&M. I mean, yeah, this I is just – I mean, they're begging A&M to win this game. They're begging yeah. you to – like, it's just every spot you would think. But this is another one where it would almost be a slap in the face when A&M is just dog shit and just gets pounded. But Miami didn't look just incredible against Southern Miss either. So, that one's just right. He had to throw that one in there being a top 25 matchup. Another one a little funky, Fresno at USC. USC only a 12-point favorite. I expected a bigger number. Uh, I'm sure it'll move as they always do. Those two, I really don't have a big play or nothing. They're not even leaning a certain way, but kind of just two I had to throw in there. Only SEC matchup we got, or two, uh, Georgia minus 24 at South Carolina. Just it's it's Georgia or nothing if you're if you're gambling there. I mean, there's no way you, yep. can be bet, you can't be betting against Georgia right now. South Carolina did just lose by 14 to Arkansas. Something to think about there. Georgia's defense still pretty elite. I don't know if y'all saw that. Georgia two and zero, outscoring them eighty-two to three. Just a dominant start to the season. Who people didn't know if the defense was going to still be as good and still having a, they've allowed three points. So three points through eight quarters, not a bad stat. And then the other one, as we've already talked about, I'll be on it. May not give it out because I don't love giving it out every week, even though they are two and zero against the spread. Got to be the first time in my lifetime. I can't remember when else. Uh, Mississippi State, two-and-a-half-point favorite going to Baton Rouge. Mm. People talk about the year Dak, and we beat them down there. Uh, looked it up. We were like a nine-point dog, I think. Like, we weren't – they're supposed to beat us every year just about. They're, they're just a usually better football team. But that's all I got for week three, boys. Uh, any other big plays that – I don't know if you've looked at lines. I know you're driving right now, Z. Yeah, no, I haven't looked at any lines yet. So, anything else that Z kicks to me, uh, obviously I'll relay it through who knows which Twitter, but it'll be seen. We'll retweet it on the dudes if I tweet it or do whatever. Obviously, I'll release a card probably Thursday because I'm going to play that Friday game. Uh, That's all I got, college football, boys. I guess uh, I guess I'll bring this one in. 
or me and Z can bring it in together. Z, Z, we're not going to talk about the Saints and Falcons yet. All right, we're just not going to do that right now. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about what 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 went on Thursday. All right, first uh, first NFL game, Bills Rams. The ramifications are huge. No pun intended. Ramification. Okay. But um, I drafted Cooper Cup first pick overall. He made me look like a smart man. Uh, first game. And look, Rams O-line just didn't do it. Bills were, were blowing them up in the trenches on defense. And Josh Allen, although he had a couple picks, he, he still looks like Josh Allen. And they made some plays. I think they're the favorite right now to win the whole thing. I agree. I agree. I think, I mean – they came into the year as the Super Bowl favorite. Uh, they proved they should be the Super Bowl favorite. Um, they're talented from top to bottom. O-line's good. Quarterback's good. Uh, skill players are good. Defense is good. Secondary's very good. Von Miller really, um, Man, he really he makes good. that pass. Yeah, he looked very good. He really makes that pass rush even better than it was last year. Not only if it's him getting into the quarterback, but it's also, all right, you've got a game plan as there's Von Miller, and now it's given other guys so many more opportunities. So, I mean, if they can stay healthy, I think they have as good of a shot as anybody to compete for the Super Bowl. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean – I, I hate to be that guy, but, like, when a team looks that, that good, you know, it's just hard to keep going on and on about how good they look. Um, the Rams, they obviously have a lot to work on, but they're, they, they're still an incredibly talented football team. And I think that they pick up the pieces a little bit. They've got a great coach, coach in Sean McVay. So, um, I mean, it, it's really all about, like, they just had a bad matchup the first week, I think. I think that they've got yeah. to settle back in. They've lost some some key players like Von Miller who helped them win that Super Bowl. So they're just going to they be. Also uh, lost, they also they also lost Odell, which yep. I think is a sneaky a sneaky loss for them. No, I but I, I it, agree. Call yeah. me crazy. I think Odell, if he stays healthy in the Super Bowl, he's he's up there with Cup for Super Bowl MVP. How he was playing, couldn't agree more. But they have a great bounce spots back bounce spots bounce back spot this week <laughs> um they get the falcons at in la so i mean who would you rather bounce back against than the atlanta falcons who can't hold a 16 point lead in the fourth quarter well you I know what wanna, i just want to throw this stat out there there have been five leads blown of 16 or more point leads in the past two years, the Falcons have three of them. Mm. <laughs> well, Z, Z, while we're while we got you fired up, let's go ahead and hit it, man. Just just do it. Let's just go ahead and rip the band-aid off right now. Mm. And I can get my my the the same energy co he brought for the for the Bulldogs earlier is about what I'm gonna bring for the Saints uh this week. But first I just I mean, let me have it, Z. Let's. I want to hear. I want to hear what you got to say about your team. I'm gonna start with the positives. Defense looked better than anticipated. 
We tackled better than I thought. Secondary was which I secondary looked good, which I thought was our strong point. Honestly, run game looked very good. Yeah, definitely. Cord- Cordero ran the ball really well. He had, a, I think, he had 186 total yards between rushing and receiving. And Mariota, he, he wasn't bad. He was a capable quarterback. Definitely, especially running the ball too. He did well. Yeah. But then it's we can't make halftime adjustments. We we can't make in-game adjustments. Right when the Saints started going no huddle tempo, we looked like the JV school of a 1A private team. I mean uh, I was talking to my I, I was talking to my uncle during the game. It's like and especially after – it's like I don't have any words. It's like they just continually just rip your heart out and just ruin you. Like and it's almost like, like no, – There's like no answer for it. It's and almost then, like they surprise you every time. But yeah, you can't be surprised Mar- at the same time. <laughs> exactly. And then Marshawn Lattimore tries to give us a chance by doing a – stupid like unsportsmanlike conduct with one second left to give us 15 yards and then what happens blocked it's like dude I I get what I mean it's a long kick it's not a guarantee it goes like he makes it yeah but I really I really would have liked to see what would have happened no if we could have got the kick up I think it would have been more it would have been a better game and like a better ending to the game if we would have gotten to see what would have happened if we actually got the kick up yeah maybe for maybe for you brother but I didn't mind how it ended but I will say young way Koo, I think that he the only thing about those far kicks is it's hard almost if the defense gets a jump up because you have to kick them lower to get more power on them so yep. it's just like when you have those six 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 eight line in there it's just hard it's hard to kick those 64-yarders, 63-yarders, whatever it may be. Just anything past 55 is really hard to get off. Um, Can I with like, for a second? Good. Yeah. Dude, real quick. Okay. NFL kickers are unreal. They are unreal. Like, I mean, people Jesus don't understand. Christ. People don't understand how hard, like, a freaking – 35 yarder is with wind. All you, okay. hey, you got to do is watch Saturday and then watch Sunday. Yeah. The gap, and the gap yeah. between NFL and college kickers. Oh, it's insane. One of the biggest leaps in the same position of pro and college sports I've ever seen. Well, let's talk about who got released today. Possibly in the last five years, one of the best college kickers in college football, oh, Rodrigo God. Blankenship. He got released today Fucking by goggles. the Colts. So, he was like, so bad on Sunday, dude. He was but so bad, dude. Last my year he had a great fr- my season. Best fr- my best friend is a diehard Colts fan, and I was in the man cave with him watching, and it was like he couldn't do the kickoff, dude. <laughs> he cooked. He kicked back to back kickoffs out of bounds. Yeah. And then, and what even what made it even more of a bad look is the Chiefs have their safe their starting safety. Kicking extra points and kicking it off because Bucker gets hurt. Yeah. So I mean, dude, I don't care how good you were in college. 
he went to high school 20 minutes from me. We played him in high school. He was kicking 60 yarders during halftime. Yeah. I mean, I've seen this dude kick since. Well, I mean, he was, he was good last year. No, but he that's, wasn't. That, well, he was. Okay. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't bad. bad. Like, but he. It's it's what you're comparing good to. Are you comparing well, this good is, to the, Brian well, okay. Boswell? Well, listen, Z. To Justin Tucker. Me and you are spoiled in the kicking department. At least last year I wasn't, but I have Will Lutz and you have Young Way Koo. They're two of the best kickers in the game. I will well, Lutz. Shout will, out to State. Yeah. Will Lutz has been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Pretty wild. Blankenship hits a 45 yarder and gets released the next day. <laughs> Dude, I'm just. Yeah, well, a college... he, can't, he can't do the kickoff. Yeah, no, that's a problem. But just being a college fiend and like seeing, bro, Sunday, there was, I mean, I don't have the exact number, but I felt like there was a dozen times that they lined up dead ass thinking they would make a 57 plus yarder. No, 100%. Well, I mean, it's just unreal. Well, let's just, all right, speaking off that, let's just jump ahead to last night. No, hold on. Hold hey, on. G's got to hit the Saints. Hold he's on. Yeah. Hit Z's trying to get uh, me off my freaking – Z's trying to get me off. <laughs> we're not uh, – no, I tried to get out of it. That was smooth. That was we're going to hit I this. Thought I, I thought I had him for a second. We're going to hit this, all right. I'll let Z get yeah, back to whatever he was saying if he yeah, actually yeah. even wanted to. But, guys, look. Uh, <laughs> Just go ahead and do it. That was black and gold, fellas. Now, look. Granted, the first three quarters, we looked like crap. We looked we not good. Falcons should have won regardless of how good we played in the fourth quarter. They should have won. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we don't get anything going. And like Z compared to Auburn earlier in the episode, it looked like a chore to get a first down for our offense. Michael yeah. Thomas and Jameis Winston weren't in seek. You could tell those practice reps aren't the same as game reps, right? He was slipping on the turf, things like that. Um, the O-line was not blocking for my boy Jameis at all. But then comes the fourth quarter, and then comes the no-huddle debacle where we start switching and going up tempo, like he said. And, man, I'll just freaking say it. That offense looked good when they're clicking. I think that if our O-line gives Jameis Winston time with Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and Michael Thomas running the routes, it's going to be hard to stop that offense when they're on. And the defense, I really just – Falcons had a good game plan. Like, I'm not going to say our defense is bad. Falcons had a good game plan. Cordell Patterson ran the ball down our throat, and it stinks that Cordell Patterson's realizing it right now when he's 30. But Cordell Patterson, in my opinion, is one of the best up-the-middle running backs in the game. He is. Yeah, but it was just – I agree, but in it, for him, in it, like previously in his career, it was just a scheme thing. He was just – Yeah, he was in the wrong place. Yep, he was used as an outside zone runner, or mainly like a wide like a wide receiver. Yeah, pretty much. And but we I'll, don't have another better option, so we're just like, all right, let's let's see if he can run the ball in between the tackles, and yeah. he's proven he found can run some gold. The tackles. Yeah. yeah, and Mariota, like to Z's point, he looked good, and you know yeah. the announcers were hurting my feelings early on, saying that Jameis Winston was like five and one against Mariota career. Or three and one. And I was like, oh, God, here we go again. And I was like, Z is going to call me after this game while I was watching it on the way home for my trip. And then, you know, Taysom Hill runs one in, man. I, I don't care. Taysom Hill. I don't care how much flack Taysom Hill gets for signing that big contract. The dude 
is one of the most utilized just athletes in football. And I'm so glad that with Dennis Allen coming in, we're still working around him because he can freaking just – you tell him to do hey, – he almost blocked a punt had, he, had y'all not um, – Oh, yeah. Gosh, yep. what was – I don't even remember the penalty, but it was holding or holding. something. And, yeah, he almost they blocked held, the punt. They held him. Yeah, yeah. Um, But back to what I was saying, you know, Kamara, we didn't really get anything going on the ground. But late when it mattered, Michael Thomas, he looked like Michael Thomas in the fourth. And it was really fun to watch. You go best on best with A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell, I'm not going to take anything away from him. Not only did Michael Thomas make some great catches, but Jameis Winston made some incredible throws. Um, the two to Jarvis Landry stick out to me that go over the top. Chris Olave, the two point conversion sticks out to me. There he is. Don't know. Don't know what just happened, but it's okay because this happened before and it's still recorded. So I'm it's just going to record and stop and then record it. Recording uh, back started now. Yeah, sorry, sorry, just, dudes. Just just, just a little technical difficulty. You know us. Right. You know we like those technical difficulties. So I'm not even gonna keep going on. Jameis Winston, comeback right. player of the year. Okay, it's gonna freaking no. happen. Yes, shut your face. I was about to say, Z, Z, can we? I mean, I get bashed for dogs. College football playoff committee oh. talk. Z's not gonna even. I'll tell you one thing. Even if Jameis Winston – What? He's not even close to being in consideration for comeback player of the year. Even if – look good. Bro, if – What? He had the highest you know, grade among quarterbacks know, who threw – He had the highest grade among quarterbacks in the fourth quarter who threw 10 yards. What do you mean? Because he had to throw the ball. You don't win that game without Taysom Hill. Oh, my God. You don't. The one touchdown, you don't. the one big run. Yeah, okay. He ran back to back on the same drive, and he ran the same play. Power option, which blows my mind. You also He's don't win the game without the, the fourth quarter. This is it's great. The Falcons. I know. The Y'all Falcons didn't look the terrible. Team in NFL. The Falcons are the best team in NFL history. If if football was only two and a half to three quarters. Oh, that's facts. All I'm saying is it gave me some real hope in the fourth quarter, and if we play like that against other teams, I think we're going to be good. And I thought, personally – No, you won't. Z, hush your mouth for a second, okay? Nobody's – how many teams – nobody else in NFL history blows that many leads besides the Falcons. Okay, you act like we're going to get behind like that every game. That's just not going to happen. It's just not going to – I know you hope it does, but that's just not going to (laughs) happen. And me and you both know that regardless of how good or bad either the Saints or Falcons are, we're going to go one and one against each other every year. And I thought that this one was going to be the one that we dropped to y'all. Season opener, a lot of new faces. I thought we were going to drop it after halftime. Yeah, and that's the worrisome part for me now. It's like that's the one we should have won, and we just gave it away. Yeah. I don't even. I don't know if we go one and one. But um, no, it did give me some confidence. But we can go on from that. I mean, people are gonna get. Yep. They're gonna get enough of me. Z already gets enough of me talking about the Saints. That was so, great. I didn't. Great. I didn't awesome. even. I didn't even talk to Joe on Sunday. No, he he would have been pissed if we talked. Me and Z used to I'm watch not, the I, Saints play the Falcons with each other, or the Saints or Falcons yeah. play literally anybody. 
And if the Saints were playing, Z was trolling me. And if the Falcons were playing, I was trolling him. And if they were playing yeah. against each other, we had to sit on opposite sides of the room. It was just a great time. If me and Joe were watching a Saints game together, I would intentionally bet on the other team. It's true. He did. <laughs> and never forget when after we went 2-0 and against Tom Brady and the Bucks the year they won the Super Bowl, Z just comes up to me for two weeks straight. Joe, I love the Bucks. I love them. And I was right, baby. He, he was, was right. right. Unfortunately, he was right. It's hard to beat a team three times. If we didn't have Jared Cook, he might not have been right. But okay, next next game. Let's All talk right. about let's Keep talk about moving. the Eagles and Lions. Okay. Hey, Lions. There we Ly- are. Lions look better than I thought. Okay. They hey, really did. Them. The Eagles. Lions are the type the Lions are the type of team that could be in every game and, and still somehow <laughs> and somehow still lose by three points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they score they score 14. Win the fourth quarter 14-0. I mean, let's be honest. Shouldn't Eagles should have covered. All right. Eagles should have covered. I don't know how they weren't covering because like like I was saying, I was watching in my buddy's man cave and we we had four TVs, so we were kind of going back and forth. Yeah, I, I mean it was the cover was in hand. I mean, they were up 20 at one point. Yeah, it was it was 38-21 going into the fourth quarter. They're up 17 and they give up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they didn't cover. They lose the fourth 14-0. Jalen Hurts, no tutties. Four rushing touchdowns for the Eagles. Also, A.J. Brown, 25 points, fantasy. A.J. Brown, unreal. 25 points played, in fantasy with no, with no touchdowns. I mean, got to love that's that. That's insane, yeah. Got to love that. But, hey, Eagles are popping. Honestly, though, the only takeaway I have with the new Eagles fan, as everyone knows, wasn't as, uh, wasn't as impressed with the defense as I thought I'd be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nonetheless, hey, fly Eagles fly. Wanna know. Wanna know. Y'all got my boy CJ Garner Johnson over there. It's fun. CJ Garner Johnson already first post game getting on our Philadelphia reporters arse. They asked him, uh What do you expect? That, uh, no, yeah, literally, what do you expect? They asked him like uh how do you think you're acclimating to the new defense? And he looked at her and he said, I started the whole game, didn't I? Like, <laughs> just answer the question, CJ. You don't have to act like a troll all the time. Uh, I'm gonna miss that. Dude, I'm gonna miss I, that. Hey, can I can I mention can I mention game three? I'm gonna let y'all talk about. It. I just need to point something made made me happy. Go ahead, brother. Justin Fields and the Bears sliding around that freaking slipping side. That game was just disgusting. Good for the Bears. Good for Justin oh, yeah. Fields. The Bears. That was a Bears. That was a Bears game right there. That was Bear weather. That was bear weather. <laughs> Good for Justin. I like y'all like Justin Fields. I'm cool I do with him. like Justin Fields. I think yeah, I, I think he pops. I think he's a he's a guy that like he just he looked horrible he, in the first half, but yeah, he looks like he should just be he should be he should be good. Which he does play for the Bears. I'm not saying he's not good, but and this is like this is his third offensive coordinator in three years or something. Yeah, or third yeah. Offensive, something like that. Tough, tough look. G, you want me to roll with another one while you're up? Keep rolling, brother. I'm just getting Baker's, my phone charged. Baker's, Baker's revenge tour uh, cut short. <laughs> yeah. Didn't last very head. long, huh? Oh that man, one killed me. That was my biggest. That was my biggest bet of the day. Was Panther money line. Look, there's another one. Fucking 58 yard bomb to win, yep. basically. Yep. Like it's Kate, just crazy. Former LSU kicker. That's Absolute right. Bomb. Baker. Uh, didn't didn't look the best either. 
No, it looked like he was trying to score a 50-point touchdown on the first <laughs> few drives. Also, Nick Chubb run, uh, went for 140. Don't hate that. Well, that's oh. all they did pretty much was hand the ball off. Yeah, him blame and him. Kareem Hunt just freaking ate in yeah, fantasy. Kareem, yeah, Kareem popped too. Had a rushing touchdown and receiving tutty, but, I mean, the story there, obviously, Baker's revenge tour, cut short very quick, did not look good at all. Uh, G, you can start rolling back on whatever pace you want. I really just want to talk oh, no. about the fields and them sliding in the water. Oh, yeah, that was that was awesome. Next one is the Steelers and Bengals. And, I mean, God Steelers, Steelers' defense is just good, but the Bengals got to – I mean, Joe Burrow just didn't play his best. And they'll they'll see each other again. It's, it's not – see, the thing about week one is it's different from college football because you don't have to overreact week one in NFL. It doesn't matter how many you lose, like – it doesn't matter if you lose week one, right? Alabama loses week one, you're freaking out. Are they going to make the playoff? They might not if they lose one yeah. more. NFL, if you win your division, you're in, right? Or even if you come and second, you have a chance at the wild card. So, Bengals will be back oh, on track, bro. I think. I think it's just a bad bro, game from Burrow. Four picks is insane. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, he threw four picks. Yeah. I bro. mean, Jesus. threw four picks and still only lost by three. Like, that's – I mean, we talk about moral victories. That's a moral victory for that defense. If you're giving up the ball four times to them and then only losing by three, I mean. And only giving up 23 points. Yeah, exactly. And the Steelers' offense is nothing to write home about, but I think every every NFL team, if you turn the ball over four times, you're not going to win the game or you shouldn't win the game. Don't so, deserve to win the game. It, yeah, exactly. Oh, and, one, and I'm looking at it I'm looking at it now. One of them was a pick six. Yep. Yeah, the first, the first yeah. pick. First drive of a pick six. So, yeah, outstanding game for the Bengals D. And, you know, the biggest number for the Steelers offense is Mitchell Trubisky, zero interceptions, and that's what won them the game, in my opinion. Um, Jamar, Jamar Chase is him. Dude, he's good at football. Hey, remember two episodes ago we told you to draft him. You did it. I did. I did. Big I time. took him and he ate, he ate for me. And so did Justin Jefferson, huh? Yeah, my uh, that league I did much better than my other one. I uh, took Derrick Henry first from my other one, and he just decided to play like a uh, the Titans. I blame that yeah. one on the Titans. So next, we can go ahead and hit uh, Patriots and Dolphins. Mac Jones and two of the battle of the Bama quarterbacks. Um, I mean, Mac Jones just kind of looks scared to me playing yep. as I mean, just uncharacteristic of him. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. He hasn't been in the league very long. Um, Tua, Tua kind of looked dialed. Yeah, he looked. He didn't look bad. Uh, there were times where I was like, okay, but you know, he's also that's that that Tyreek Hill. He got him. Hold on. You got him. Okay, bad, I was like, I know. Yeah, I was like, I know. I'm not crazy. Not. I was looking at rushing yards. Tyreek, 94 receiving yards. 11.8 yards per reception, which is crazy. And I remember he broke off that big one. But I think it got called back, right? Didn't it get called back? Didn't he have one that was big that got called back? Am I am I dreaming things? I might be dreaming things. Forget about I think it. He did. I think he did. Um, I see his, uh, the longest one he had was. He, I thought had, a it was 20, he had a 26, 26 yard catch. Yeah, okay. Longest okay, okay. of the day. Um, net, y'all already hit Browns Panthers. We won't hit that one. 
I'll let Z take uh, the tie game where his former franchise QB, Matt Ryan, with the Colts. What will we think about that one, Z? Tying with the Texans, huh? Yeah, they didn't, they didn't deserve to win that game. Honestly, you can count it a tie as, you know, in the standings for the NFL. But if you really want to get technical with it, it's probably a Texans win. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I mean, like we said earlier in the podcast, the Colts cut Rodrigo Blankenship. If you yeah. can make a kick, not even if you can make a kick, if you can just kick the ball through the end zone yeah, for a touchback and not give them the ball at the 40, back-to-back kickoffs, the Colts probably win the game. Yeah, uh, you're giving them the ball on the 40 every t- like both times. Back-to-back drives. Yeah, so, I mean, so, yeah. And then, the, and then the Texans decided to just say, screw it. And play for the tie because they punted. Because they're the Texans. With like a minute. Yeah. But they punted (laughs) with like a minute and a half left. No, yeah. Screw it. Literally playing for the tie. Um, But I don't think Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan looked good. I mean, he did his part. Yeah. There were two huge drop touchdowns. Alec Burks dropped a huge one early in the, like, in the, I think in the second quarter. He, t- he dropped a huge one on third down. So, I don't know. Crazy stat is no team in the AFC South uh, won a game Won a game last yeah. week, and two, and two of them played against each other. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that, crazy. Know. Yeah. Well, the next one, old Joe Flacco, the vet, plays against his former team, the Baltimore Ravens, Jets and Ravens. Um. I mean, we can hop in this one if we want to. It's the freaking Jets, and it's the freaking Ravens. Lamar Jackson's going to beat the Jets, okay? It's, I mean, do we really have to go into that, or are our listeners smart enough to, to watch football? I think you guys probably have seen a football game before. And, hey, you know what? Five years later, I'll say it. I was right about Lamar Jackson, you sons of guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe Flacco's old ass threw the ball 60 times. I know. Crazy, dude. About to kill himself, type. He ain't but... playing catch with his son for shit when he gets older. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that was in the game plan either. There's no way they were like <laughs> Mike Leach was on the phone. Like, yeah, there's no way. Yeah, like, Mike Leach was loving it. We're gonna throw it sixty times. It's crazy. Um, yeah, that the crazy kinda... part about that game though was that uh, the Ravens couldn't really run the ball at all. No, yeah, it was. It was a weird game. It really was, yeah. especially for that Ravens offense. Because, I mean, you got Lamar, but you need – in the NFL, it doesn't matter who you got in, behind center. You got to have a run game established to, to get everything going. Yeah. Um, next one, the battle of mediocrity, the Jaguars and Commanders. Uh, the them Washington Commanders pull it out, 28-22. Trevor Lawrence. Carson, Carson Wentz back. But, Yeah. Carson Wentz had a Typical. had a dang good game, but in Carson Wentz's dang good games, you know what he does? He throws picks. He gets two picks. He's going to turn it over. <laughs> yep. And then Trevor Lawrence, the long-haired beauty, throws it 42 times for 275, completes 24 of them, one TD, one interception. He's there, too. So you, know, you, know, you know he's throwing a pick. Yeah, they, I mean – 
we can talk about the Jaguars if you want, but it's just they're they got some time. It's it's rebuild season over there in Jacksonville. Yeah, so, I think Travis Etienne looked good though. No, he did. I'm glad you said that because I thought early on in the Florida game, talking about it, I thought his little brother looked well, looked good Dude, for Florida. Un, he looked unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. That kid's gonna be a stud. Yeah, he's gonna be good. So if you're if you're in Travis Etienne's family, do you do you root for the Gators or the or the Clemson Tigers? I'd probably lean towards Gainesville. Yeah, I'd lean towards the Swamp. <laughs> so next we had a game, America's game of the night. I thought it was gonna be just an absolute banger. And it turns out to be a route by the team who I wouldn't have thought if you told me they routed them. I would have said no, but that team has Justin Jefferson, and the Vikings beat the Packers 23-7, to and the Packers just cannot get anything going. A-Rod with a pick, only 195 yards, and then Jordan Love comes in, throws four for five, 65 yards. But uh, they just – and it was kind of – it was kind of the story that I said the Saints had against the Falcons. They just never got it going, except they didn't have a good fourth quarter. They just never got it going in general. And Justin Jefferson was going on all cylinders, and that's what Justin Jefferson does. So, you guys got anything on that game? Oh, Roger just – Hurt you? Didn't look good. Yeah, yeah, I had him in the league. If it tells you anything, look, I got a week in that league, and I had Aaron Rodgers starting. Mm-hmm. So just know I'm feeling dangerous. That's what I like to see. That's what I like to see. You know, the unfortunate one for Cohe's Derrick Henry, the Giants shock the world going to Nashville and beat the Titans 21 to 20. Saquon looked unbelievable. He did. He looked yeah, good. Yeah, that's good for football. Good for football for him to be back. It is. Like I agree. I agree too. I agree Honestly, too. Honestly, we got to get Derrick Henry the fuck out of Nashville. Let's be honest. <laughs> That was horrible. He wants everybody out of Nashville. Dude, I just hate – I don't like the way the Titans play. I don't like Tannehill. I don't either. And, I, I mean, like how are Titans you not – like, some of the situations – I don't have any, like, right off the top of my head, but I did watch this game the whole time just because I, I like Derrick Henry. I like watching him run the football. And I just – when I tune in, I want him to run it more than 21 times unless he's breaking big, big games. But there were several times third and short or short down conversions that he just – it wasn't like I just feel like they're they weren't using their main go to big back the way I would think, which obviously I'm not a head NFL coach, but I don't know. I just think they can use the guy much better than they are game one. Now, he always has them breakout games and it seems like games go up and down for him, but week one I wasn't uh wasn't exactly impressed in their use of him. Yeah. Next, uh, we'll go on a – well, I guess it's not a battle in California anymore since the Raiders have moved to Las Vegas. But uh, Raiders take on the Chargers, and Justin Herbert, he's just freaking about it. He he goes for 279 yards, three touchdowns. And Derek Carr, 295, two touchdowns. But his big number is the three picks. Um. Devontae Adams, 141 receiving yards, 10 receptions. So, I mean, a great game from him. They just got to clean up the turnovers. And, I mean, that's the story in everybody's week one, even in high school freaking football. You got to watch the turnovers. So, 
I think they'll pick it up. I think the Raiders still have a really good chance to be a good team, and I know the Chargers are going to be a good team. So we'll see what happens there. Z, Kohi, yeah, anything? I don't got much on that one. I mean, Herbert's that, Herbert's that dude, man. I mean, he's just that dude. He may be the – he's a top three quarterback in the NFL. Mm, I like that take. Mm. I do like that take. Go Chiefs, Cardinals. Come on. Cardinals yeah. suck. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> Chiefs, hey, Chiefs overs are back for me. Simple I'm riding, as that. I'm riding Chiefs over Sunday, and if it doesn't hit, whatever. If it hits, I'm riding it till it doesn't. Mm. Chiefs overs. Chiefs overs are back. Love it. Uh, see, the thing about NFL is like you can't, you just don't, you just don't dive into these. Like they're they're just you see what you get. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I agree. Unless we're talking about the Saints or Falcons, then we then we jump in, okay? Or the Eagles, Cohe. Relax, All right. <laughs> Z's like, we don't need to jump in on the Falcons anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we got the Bucks and the Cowboys. Um, yeah. A really unfun game to watch, in my opinion. It was just yeah. like, it was a real oh, stalling boy. game. Uh, the Bucks, soon to be one and one Bucks. Playing the Saints next week, but they they get the dub in Dallas, and I don't think it was just anything that they did great. I think the Cowboys just didn't play good. Um, Dak gets Cowboys hurt, suck. obviously. They stink. Yeah, bunch of rumors of them wanting to bring back Cam Newton or whoever out of retirement, and then Jerry Jones comes out and says Dak's not. Dak's fine. He's not even going to go on the IR. Okay. Um, he but, came out after the game and said he'd be out four to six. Yeah, so yeah. it's just like they're never on the same page. Jerry Jones is never going to be on the same page with coaches or players. That's just how it happens. But I will say, Buck's first-year coach, I mean, got his first dub. So, never never hey, a bad shout thing. Out, uh, shout out shout out, the Cowboys, the only team to not score a touchdown. Mm. Also, crazy stat for this year. Ties the NFL record for the amount of new of first year coaches at 10. 10 first year coaches in the Jesus. NFL this year. It's crazy. It's like, I don't know, like a, like a carousel. Really on, the, only, the only thing I really got on that game, like outside of how the game turned out, is I think Mike McCarthy is done. <laughs> I think Jerry Jones has Sean Payton on speed dial. And yeah. Pretty much, it's a handshake deal that he's it's, coming. And I'm hoping to be – I don't be, blame him, honestly. No, yeah, Sean Payton's a great coach. And to be quite honest, as a Saints fan who's lost him, the NFL allows you to trade contracts, and we still have Sean Payton. So I'm hoping that Jerry Jones wants to pull the trigger in the next couple of years so we can go ahead and get some picks for Sean Payton's contract. Um, That would be nice. But still, if Sean Payton goes to the Cowboys, I'm going to appreciate him for that Super Bowl. But, gosh, just the absolute. Oh, also, Cowboys fans, I don't care if your quarterback's Dak Prescott. I don't care if your quarterback's Geno Smith. I don't care if your quarterback is whoever. When your quarterback gets hurt and he goes to the locker room, you don't throw freaking trash on the field at the quarterback. Like, it's just the – I mean, I'll say it. Uh, there are some there's some Cowboys fans that are cool. There's some Cowboy like they're they're seldom. They're they're very there's very few, but there are some that are okay. But 
as a whole, in general, besides a rival team, Cowboys' worst fan base in the NFL, and I don't think it's close. Do I have any rebuttals there? No. I mean, that's something I didn't expect to see. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, it's just – it's one of those what-are-we-doing moments, you know? Yeah. All but, right, you let's, know, hit this. let's hit this Nate Diaz. Hold on, hold on. Bronco Seahawks, you got anything? Oh, yeah, Bronco Seahawks. <laughs> no, this is just, honest to God, as a gambler, this is sickening. <laughs> you cannot – I mean, fumbling twice on the one. We talked about it. Going shotgun. Yeah. Oh, we did talk about oh, it at the beginning of the episode. I don't even – yeah, I don't know if we recorded or not, but it's just sickening. No, it we did. Amazing. We did. We talked And we talked about the fourth and five, not giving it to Russ. It's – yeah, it's just – Yeah, that's all I got. I it's mean, bad. That, like, that – yeah, that's all you can you say. You don't pay the dude that kind of money to run the clock down on fourth and five at the end of the game with three timeouts to kick a 64-yarder. No, yeah, it's bad. And then the coach comes out today and says, yeah, that wasn't the right decision. Well, no shit, dude. (laughs) Just like, I don't know. That's that's like the reason why Russ wanted out of Seattle was because they didn't trust him to make plays at the end of the game. Yeah, and then thanks a lot. All right, it's freaking – it's that time. Okay. I just want to start off – I want to say thank you to these two guys that are staying with me right now because uh, this is usually this is usually the Jeefy segment. They didn't even have to join in on this. We're, we're done recording everything else. But, I mean, this is one of the most historic – I mean, excuse my language, batshit crazy – UFC weekends since I've been a fan, probably. Um, we have two legends in Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson. They fight in the main event. It was great. Would have been much better if they were both in their prime. Okay. Then we have Hamzat Chamaya fighting Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland made a fan in me this weekend. He's an absolute G. Oh, gosh. Hold on. Everything's frozen. Okay, there we go. He's an absolute G. And... I think if Hamzat doesn't freaking shoot when he's trying to glove touch him, you know what? If you're going into fighting and you're listening to this, I don't know. You you might. You're probably not, but you might. Don't glove touch at the beginning of the fight, all right? Be the be the second to glove touch always. Hamzat jumps in. Kevin Holland survives for a little while. I was really impressed by how long he survived. He was flipping around, sprawling well, um, but – at the end of the day, Hamzat's just enormous, even for the catch weight of 180 that he was fighting at. And let me just hop on that before I, I Jing Lee Jingliang, I love you. The leech, bro. He showed up, he fought somebody 10 pounds heavier than him, and he got a split deci- decision that he should have won, and they still didn't give it to him. Okay. That's just crappy right there. But what I'm gonna talk about right now is how insanely disrespectful. Hamzat's weight miss was. We're not talking Charles Oliveira fighting Justin Gaethje half a pound over the limit, okay? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, okay, so for those of you who don't know, on a non-title fight, you get a pound over the limit. That's the rule, okay? 
Conor McGregor is famous for always saying he makes championship weight. So that means he gets it on the dot every time, right? Charles Oliveira got a lot of flack um, in his last fight with Justin Gaethje for coming in half a pound over. Half a pound. And Hamzat Chemaev weighed in at a whopping eight and a half or seven and a half pounds over if you if you give him 171 at 178 and a half. I mean, that's just and then he just acted like it was hilarious, like flipped off the cameras and stuff. Like it's just you can't do that. And but I will say, Ariel Helwani said it for those of you who know MMA journalists or anything like that. Ariel Helwani said it. It was just poetic justice for Nate Diaz. The UFC wanted to feed him to probably the most dangerous guy on the roster. Very possible. He might be the dangerous, most dangerous guy on the roster with the highest motor. And he can't make weight. And then Nate gets to fight another guy who is, I mean, he's old too. Him and Tony Ferguson, 38 and 37. And they fight. Nate Diaz, he gets the win that he deserves in his last fight. But the main thing that surprised me was Tony Ferguson hopping up after he gets choked out by a 38-year-old Nate Diaz or 37-year-old Nate Diaz and saying, Joe, I'm back. Like, both of the guys, it was fun because of who they are in the fight game, but that was a very non-elite fight. Um, They were both slow. They were both stopping. Conor McGregor absolutely obliterates both of those guys. And that's been a lot of like, I would love to see McGregor match up with Tony Ferguson. I would love to see the Nate Diaz trilogy fight. If either of those fights happen this past weekend, McGregor wins quickly. And if not quickly, he picks them apart through five rounds. Um, I mean, if you look at Conor's last three fights, yeah, he's a lot, he lost to Dustin Poirier twice. Dustin Poirier, his last two fights were the best two fights of his career. He is in his absolute prime, or last two fights against Connor. Oliveira, Oliveira did him well in the second and third round. But Connor's hung with Poirier in both bouts. I mean, yeah, he got ground and pounded before his, his leg broke, but when he stood up, he was working Dustin. Without the leg kicks in the first fight, Connor probably wins that fight against Dustin. So he's hanging with an elite fighter that's in his prime, a championship caliber fighter. Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson also, Poirier sleeps both of them this weekend. And I'm not I'm I'm a big Tony Ferguson fan, so this is not something that I love talking about, but it's just kind of the state of where they are. Nate Diaz says he's gonna go on. I'm sure he'll fight one of the Paul brothers eventually. He's gonna go into boxing. He'll come back to MMA. He said, I doubt it. I think he'll probably be part of the UFC promo team working the back office because after the fight, Dana said he loves Nate and you know, after all the debacle, he's he's happy that he had his time here and he's going to come back and it's always home for him. So that was kind of anticlimactic, but I'll let Z get into it. I, I think I'm going on a bit of a tangent, so I'm going to let somebody else get the mic. No, dude, I, I couldn't agree more with the with the Hamzat weight miss and just like it's not even the fact that he missed weight. It's just how he reacted on the scale yeah. to missing weight. Yeah. Just like immediately when the guy says what his weight is, he just throws his hands up and goes, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like, dude, like if something like that happened in any other profession, not, a, not, a, not a, let alone a professional sport, but just like 
someone in like the regular world with a professional job like yeah and you show up to work yeah. and like hey i don't yeah yeah like yeah it's fighting but this is how this is this dude's job and he's just like mcgregor tweeted something and i know i mean we're big mcgregor guys here but it's just it's not even that we're big mcgregor guys it just happens to be that mcgregor just tweets a lot yeah <laughs> but he said something like um i can't remember exactly what he said but it was something like how is Hamzad even getting rewarded with fighting kevin holland like he shouldn't even like the contract should have just been scrapped for just like pretty much showing up the ufc like that yeah he should have been kicked off the card i think no question yeah. and i think if poirier if the poirier and chandler fight hadn't have been scheduled last week it's probably one of the biggest fights of the poirier. year i think poirier steps in and fights um nate diaz for his last fight and he probably loses it. I mean, Nate Diaz probably loses that fight because Poirier, is, I think he's still on the edge of his prime. I think Oliveira yeah. is just that type of animal right now. Um, yep. And Poirier, uh, Poirier was in weight. He tweeted a picture of him on the scale. Yeah. But And that's another so thing money, that's upsetting. There's so much money involved in that Poirier-Chandler card. Yeah, there is. There and was it's no at, way he was going to risk. Is it Madison Square Garden, too? Yeah. But – it's just I I agree completely. If I'm if I'm Dana White or Hunter Campbell, I'm I'm scratching Hamzad. I don't care how good of a prospect he is, how much like I don't you're making all the money you're gonna make this past weekend off of Nate Diaz alone. I'll just be honest. Like yep. you you probably make more money watching Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson anyways. Mm. So the fact that they 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 keep Hamzat on, and then Kevin Holland, who's on a three fight unbeaten streak, comes in. And he's like, it's "Yeah, like, I'll fight he's him. like forced to take the fight." Yeah, basically forced to take the fight, and for what? Like, yeah, he's probably not going to lose anything. That was probably part of the negotiation that he's not going to lose a ranking. He's not going to drop any because you literally are taking the hardest prospect in the UFC on twenty four hours notice. So At like a catch weight. At a catch weight because he couldn't make weight, and you're because he didn't because he didn't give a fuck to make weight. That's yeah. the part that pisses me off the most. Yeah, it's not like he just didn't make weight. Is he that, just yeah, yeah. Is that no, he didn't care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That and made, oh, that bothered me a lot. Darren Till, I like Darren Till, but Darren Till hopping on with him, it's like, bro, I can't even be your fan anymore. I don't like Darren Till. So I've now I've yeah. now replaced. Hamza and Darren Till with Kevin Holland in the middleweight division yep. in welterweight division because I'm I messed with Kevin Holland. He walked out to Young Boy. He was getting me hype. <laughs> I thought he was gonna do it for a second, and I I really do like I I will say this. I don't say that Kevin Holland wins, but I would love to see Hamza versus Kevin Holland on a full fight camp at 170. Because yeah, he he Holland trained for somebody completely different. Holland was training for a striker, and Hamza started grappling him within five seconds of the fight. So, and Kevin Holland looks strong. Like Hamza, usually he tried to pick him up and towed him over and stuff, and he couldn't do it with Kevin Holland. Holland was scrambling really well. So I would love to see that fight um, on a full fight camp. I really would. I think Kevin Holland's a different animal. I think if he he's one win away from some title uh, conversation, and I like in my opinion, if you're the UFC, I think that you take this last loss and you're like uh, it shouldn't even count towards anything. Like it shouldn't count towards 
knocking him away from a title. Um, but I know Kohe's just here because he's a freaking saint and a soldier. Like he doesn't. Hey, hey I'm fine. <laughs> he doesn't give a crap. But we're here, and man, I'm super excited because the next pay per view we have is man, it's. I can't like I can't even get the words out of my mouth. I'm so excited. It's it's Oliver and Makachev. And then we've got our boy Sean O'Malley fighting Peter Yan. Yes, sir. And we've got Aljamain Sterling and the return of TJ Dillashaw. So like probably one of the like I feel like I say this every couple of weeks, but this is probably the biggest card of the year. Um just absolutely star studded. So it's going to be really fun. Maybe I'll have to get me and Kohi will have to go to his little college football watching man cave and order this this pay per view because it's going to be that fun. The weather's getting right. Bring a little hoodie mm-hmm. out there. It's going to be, yeah, yeah, it might it might have to happen. But like Sugar Sean, baby, Sugar Sean. I hey, me me and Z also. You also need to know huge Connor guys, huge Sugar Sean guys, huge Sugar Sean. Is gonna upset Peter Yan. I'm calling it. I'm calling it baby. first. But uh, that's really all I got on UFC. But I, I did have to get that off my chest. Uh, I've been writing a couple of UFC articles a week. Um, so if you guys are interested in reading, if you can read our listeners, feel free to to check those out. Um, yeah, if, if you, you guys don't. know how to read, um, <laughs> Joe writes a blog for MMA. But if you only know how to listen. This is where to listen. Yeah, just listen. To this right. Thing. We do have uh that may apply to some some fans and all Yes. Uh, no disrespect at all. <laughs> College football <laughs> blogs, see my see my boy Kohe. We've got the links in the Twitter now. Um if you don't have Twitter and you want to read the blogs, hit us up. We're we'll be more than happy to to Honestly, honestly if you're if you ever hear this sentence, just thank you. You've lasted a long time. Yes, this is yeah, this is this is only real ones last this far. Kohe, when he listened to this back, might be the only person to listen this far. But Honestly, I hope that's not true. He was here to experience it. Yeah, if you listen, if you – I mean, if you made it this far, congratulations. You're rich. Uh, lock of a lifetime, Nevada, plus 23 this week. Boom. Lock. Game of the year. Hey, give that – Hey, it's hey, up there. Give that, the, give that the hidden lock of the week. Let's have a lock of the week. And then let's have a hidden lock of the week that you only get when you listen to the end. This right. is the listener's actually, lock of the week. Nevada. Yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, screw screw the regular lock of the week. I'll just say from now on, lock of the week's in the pod. Go find it, loser. Yeah. Listen, the listener's lock. I like it. I yeah, like it, Z. Great yeah. alliteration there. I like yeah. that. I like <laughs> you that. got to include that in the tweet for this pod tomorrow. What? So U- if you want so the lock, Union University say the new new lock <laughs> is going to be listeners' lock of the week. You got to find it. Okay. All right. I will. I will put that in there. That's well, all I got. That's all I got. If if yeah, uh, bro. I'm good. I was a long one, but I think it's going to be a good, good one. Loved everyone. I mean, let's Look, be honest. This time of the year, we're either going to have to have one long one, or we're going to have to go to twice a week. And yeah, it's these three guys' schedule. It's it's tough. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, it's just too much stuff to to be under an hour. So, I mean, it's just way too much stuff to watch. We'll make it happen. Yeah, it's going to – Yeah, I completely agree. Who cares? Our boy Z, 
but Kohe's big about clapping it up. Our boy Z just drove and then I mean stayed with is. it. Just clapping up. You, that's that's commitment you. there. So yep. dedication. Glad yep. to have him on as always. You know, I mean I, I say it like he's a guest, but he's a freaking host now. So get used to I it. He's a host. He's a co-host. Yeah. Get used Good to use it. His voice, boys. <laughs> it's coming at you once a week. All right, guys. That's all I got. Hey, yeah, as always, enjoyed it. As always, like, share, retweet, support the pod, join the movement. Dudes are coming. Moon.